0: Okay, I'm going to be reading from Exodus the 16th chapter and John the 6th chapter. I'm going to read a lot of verses, something I don't usually do, but uh, I'm going to do it this morning. This is Exodus 16, verse 1. It says, They took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of, of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. Again, Egypt is, is the type of the world system. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Just said briefly this morning, what the enemy tries to do, and, and I think we've all experienced it in measure, is he, the enemy tries to convince individuals, even those that are closest to us, that somehow we're against them. And, and again, and so with that, they murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full? For you, you, Moses, you brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people will go out and gather a certain rate, notice this, every day, a certain rate, that I may prove them, whether they will walk in my law, my ways, or not. And it will come to pass that on the sixth day, the sixth day, remember the word, the number six in the Bible always refers to man's, number because it was on the sixth day in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 that God created man. And so again we see this that on the sixth day they will prepare that which they bring in and it will be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel at even at the evening time then you will know. And that's the purpose. That is, God's whole purpose, his whole revelation, his whole manifestation of himself in and through his Son by the power of the Holy Spirit is for everyone to know. Ultimately, that will happen, and you you and I will see that based upon prophecy in Isaiah 45 and verse 23 and Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Everyone will know things in heaven, things on the earth, And things under the earth, which refers to hell, Isaiah 14, verse 9 says, hell beneath is moved to greet you at your coming. So the reality is is that all will know, all will know. We have the privilege every single morning to come and gather knowing him. And of course, none of us could do that except that God would draw us in John 6 and verse 44 and in John 6 and verse 65. So, and Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel at evening, you will know that the Lord has brought you out from the land of Egypt. And in the morning, then you will see the glory of the Lord. What a beautiful picture this is. Jesus rose the third day in the morning. In the morning. In the morning, it's very, very important. The morning, always to give him, the first bloom, of the day, and not to put him off with withered leaves. Never, because we know love is not like flowers that fade. No, it never fails. In First Corinthians thirteen, and verse eight, never fails. Which really, it really says in the original, it never fades. It never loses its glory and its beauty. And so in the morning, then you will see the glory of the Lord for that he hears your murmurings against the Lord. Those areas where the enemy tries to convince you that this circumstance is against you, this situation is against you, this person is against you. Ultimately, the truth of the matter is when we actually believe in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 15 and 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 18 and in Romans 8 and verse 28, that all things are for your sakes, that all things are of God. And they all work together for God's divine good, his agathos, his divine good. Notice, it's to them that actually love him those that actually receive his love for them that actuates and begets love for him and so they're going to see that for he for that he hears your murmurings against the lord did you see that it's not the circumstance it's not the person it it's not the situation it's not what you have or what you and i don't have It's that the murmuring is always against the Lord, always and only, because otherwise it's the blame game, and we know who's the cause of it. The cause of that in Genesis 3, 1-6 was the will that refused to be submitted to God, who works all things after the counsel of his own will. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verses 9 and 11 and in Ephesians 3 and verse 12. He works them all after the counsel of his own will. And when you're in Christ, the blame game is over. If we understood that, if I understood it, if we all understood it, it would end the murmuring. Philippians 2.12, work out your own salvation. Personally, it's very personal. Work out your own salvation with a reverence and a trembling. You know, there wouldn't be murmuring or complaining or a lack of trust if there was reverence for him whose presence never leaves us nor forsakes us. In Joshua 1.5, in Hebrews 13 and verse 5, he said, I would go with him to the end of the age. In Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20, specifically 20. Murmuring. It would end it in a heartbeat. We wouldn't blame others. We wouldn't receive the lie. Well, in the morning, you're going to see the glory of the Lord. That's what he wants to do this morning. He wants us to come so he can show us his glory. Christ in us. In Colossians 1.27, the guarantee of a glory. The glory of soon that we will experience with him face to face in first Corinthians 13 12 where never again will there be a disturbance or a distraction but even those disturbances and distractions that are allowed right now are to get us to quit the murmuring and the blame game thinking we understand others thinking that we have enough understanding for others Well, in the morning you'll see the glory of the Lord, for that he hears your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we? What are we to each other that we would murmur or have something from the enemy, which is a lie, that would cause us in our own thinking now to be against others, especially those in the local assembly, those that are in Christ, obviously. And Moses said, This will be, in verse 8 of Exodus 16, when the Lord will give you in the evening meat, flesh to eat. And in the morning, notice this, in the morning, this is when the bread comes to the full. That's what Paul said. He said in Acts 20 and verse 24, because of Christ in me, everything he is in me, and what he's done for me and in me and through me to others, I don't count my own life dear unto myself, you know a lot of problems and a lot of murmurings would cease and a lot of blame games if we did not count our own lives dear unto ourselves. if we stopped living for ourselves, it would end it all. It would end it all paul said i i i uh I don't count my life dear unto unto myself so that I might finish the course that, that, that the precious Lord has given me. And that's why he said in Acts 20, 27 I have not shunned from declaring unto all the counsel of God and I commit you to him. In Acts 20 and verse 32 and to the word of his grace which is Jesus Christ his son ministered to us for the power of the Holy Spirit in each vessel, in each, each vessel Training us for a time when in in eternity we come face to face with him. In Revelations 2 and verse 17, fulfilling 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12. But he said, in the morning I will give you bread to the full. For that the Lord hears your murmurings. Murmuring, blaming others, blaming circumstances, blaming situations. He hears your murmurings, which you murmur, he says, against him. Were they murmuring here against Moses and Aaron? Were they? Yes. That's what they said. But in truth, who were they murmuring against? God. Making someone else to be the blame when God needs to reduce us, to increase us. And Moses spoke and then it, and he hears his murmurings, which are against him. And what are we? Who are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. When you believe a lie, that somehow, somehow someone that God is used as a vessel is now against you. What is he convincing you truthfully? That the Lord somehow is against you. And Moses spoke unto Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the children of Israel, Listen, here's the issue. Come near before the Lord. Come near before the Lord. Come every morning to receive the bread that you need. Come every single morning. Oh, husbands, oh God. Oh, God, oh, husbands, initiate to your wives. Please, just do it. Or do they believe that things are against them, that people are against them, that those they thought once loved them don't anymore? What are we? Your murmurings are not against us. But against the Lord, Philippians two and verse twelve, God is causing the salvation that He's worked in you to be worked out. Work out your own salvation. Don't make, don't blame someone else. Work out your own salvation with a reverence and trembling. When you see trembling in Philippians two twelve, read Isaiah sixty six one and two. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And when that's worked out, you will do all things without what? Murmuring thought life and confessing it. Disputing. Dividing the body. Dividing individuals. It's very discernible. It's very, 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 very discernible. Come near before the Lord, for He has heard your murmurings. God resists the proud who believe the lies in place of the Word of God who enter into the blame game. James 4, 6, God resists the proud, but he gives greater grace to those that he's humbled. And when that happens, submit yourself, therefore, to God. You and I can't do it apart from grace. You can't do it, and I can't do it. God resists the proud, but he gives more grace to those that he's humbled. We're going to see that in a beautiful light this morning. Therefore then, therefore, then you submit yourself to God. Then he in you, Christ in you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through that word, resists the devil. Resists the murmuring, the blame games, the lies, the imaginations, the lack of sleep, based upon a thought life. That's brought out crystal clear in Psalm sixteen, six and 7 in Psalm 127, verses 2 and 3. Then you will do all things without murmuring and disputing. Well, and it came to pass, as Aaron spoke unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, the world system, the wilderness. And behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. You see it always is faith. It is always faith. He appeared in the cloud and the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel speak unto them saying, At evening you will eat flesh, but in the morning, in the morning, you will be filled with bread and you will know that I am the Lord your God, that I am above everything. I am your above everything everything, that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at evening the quails came up and covered the camp. But in the morning the dew lay around about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, the face of the wilderness, upon the face of the wilderness, there was a small round thing, as small as the oarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, it is manna. Or in other words, what is this? What is this manna? What is this? For they didn't know what it was. And Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating. You hungry? You thirsty? Are you starving? Oh, he has to make individuals, he has to make husbands, he has to make wives hungry for him. Otherwise they feed on everything else. And the only thing that we can feed on, when it's not him, when he's not the bread of life, is lies and projections. And we wear it all over our faces and we can't hide it. No, it's very discernible. It's very discernible. A smile doesn't cover it. A hug won't do away with it. It's extremely discernible. Because in the home, is it the bread of life that we're feasting on? Is it? Well, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. And this is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Listen, he's not asking us. It is his love that commands us to do it. It is his love for us. This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Gather of it every man, every person, according to your reading. You know, when a man's full, will he eat? When we're full of other things, discouragement lies irritation anger this is against me that is against me this person's against me that's against me if the lord is for me experientially does it even matter who's against me in romans 8:31 can anything separate me from the love of christ in 8:35 of romans no who's going to separate me and 8, 35 to 39. Who's going to separate me? You can't be separated positionally. How about experientially? Well, every man, gather according to your eating And Omer. For every man, according to the number of your persons, take you every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so and gathered. Listen to this. Some more... Some were satisfied with less. Because the enemy convinced them they don't need it quite as much. And when they did meet it with an omer, he that gathered much, listen, had nothing over. And he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. According to the need They can't be met unless we come and receive the bread of life. And Moses said, let no man leave of it till the morning. In other words, don't let the morning pass when you hear the word. Oh boy, the enemy. How he convinces individuals in the local assembly to be the interpreters, their own interpreters of what is taught and what is preached. In 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, to become an interpreter through a lie. That the word that is now preached in 1 Thessalonians two 13, it isn't the word of God, it's the word of a man and his anger being against me. I thank God that when you and I, when we heard the word preached, we didn't receive it as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which works effectually in you when you actually believe that. When you actually believe that, but how are you going to receive it when you believe the one that's giving it is against you? no longer functions in love towards you. And do you know what love is? Notwithstanding, in verse 20, they did not listen to the words of Moses. They said it's his word, not God's. But some of them left of it until the morning, and it bred worms. It bred worms and stunk, and Moses was wroth with them. No, he shouldn't do that, should he? Get angry at people? Is there an anger without sin? Without private interpretation? Ephesians 4, and verse 26, Be angry and sin not. Because you give place to the devil and his lies and his imaginations. And somehow in your imagination now, now you think you have to have the word. By yourself to correct. And it's discernible. Extremely so. I just want to make that very clear. It bred worms. Really? It bred worms? Yes. When it's not received the right way as it is in truth, the Word of God, what does it breed? And I leave it and don't want it? What is it? What does it breed then? Worms. Really? What do worms refer to in the Bible? Well, in Mark chapter 9, verse 44, says, Where the worm dies not, and the fire is not quenched. If your foot offends you, cut it off. This is types, by the way. If your foot offends you, cut it off. It is better for you to... Enter halt into life, then having two feet to be cast into hell, and into the fire that never will be quenched. I wish people understood that. Hell doesn't cease to be. It's cast into the lake of fire, but it doesn't cease to be. Where their worm dies not, and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye offend you, how you see things, and it's not God, the enemy's convinced you of lies and pluck it out. It is better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye, a single eye. Matthew 6 and verse 22, a single eye, a single eye. Then having two eyes, two ways of thinking, confusion, to be cast into hell fire, where their worm dies not and the fire dies will not be quenched. The worm is the conscience that's not been cleansed. In Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, because lies have affected the experience. Verse 21 of Exodus 16, And they gathered it every morning... uh, Every man according to his eating and his capacity. And when the sun waxed hot, it melted. It came to pass that on the sixth day, <laughs> they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for one man, and all the rules of the congregation came and told Moses. And he said unto him, This is that which the Lord has said, Tomorrow is the rest of the holy Sabbath unto the Lord. You know, when we come to the end of ourselves, That's the sixth day. Man, helpless and hopeless in himself. Helpless and hopeless in himself. What can he do? What can I do, God? You can do nothing without me. In John 15, 1 to 5. You can't and I can't. We can't do anything. And so, tomorrow is the rest of the Holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which you will bake today and see that you will and that which remains over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. Bake it. Meditate on it. Read Psalm 39, 3 and 4. Meditate on that word. Meditate over. Turn it over and over and over again in your mind till it takes possession of us experientially, And they laid it up till the morning as Moses bade and it did not stink. Listen, neither was any worm there and they functioned in a clear conscience. Moses said, eat that today. Don't put it off. Eat it today. For today is a Sabbath rest unto the Lord. And God is calling us to rest in the son of his love to rest and to cease trying to help ourselves and, and, and trying to have hope in ourselves and in others. There wasn't any smell in it and no worm therein. And Moses said, eat that today, for today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord, and today you will not find it in the field. If you don't get the word, you're going to go into the field and you're going to search high and low, but you're not going to find it in Amos 8.11. You're not going to find it because it was given to you at a specific time and you didn't think it was worth coming. You didn't think so because you thought it was the word of men. And you didn't need it any longer. It was the word of Moses. You separated the word from the vessel. And when you do that, you blame the vessel. And the enemy convinces you of some terrible things. Some very evil and very terrible things. And if we don't have good thoughts, all we can have are evil thoughts. And by the way, they're directed toward God. They may go through others, but they're, they're directed toward God. What is the field? Well, when people go to look for it, when they don't come to hear the word of God, they don't get it in the home. I guarantee you that. They don't take the time to what even they can't come in here to, that they could gather in other places, that God has made extremely available, and they don't do it there either. And they wonder why their own countenance in Isaiah 3 and verse 8 begins to testify against them. Is God against them? No, Romans eight thirty one. No, Psalm 56, verse 9. God is for you, but the enemy has caused you. To oppose yourself, because you don't submit to the teaching in Second Timothy 2 and verse 24. And then in verse 25, he causes you to oppose yourself. Ultimately, when it's all said and done, you just blame God. I just blame God if that's the case. Why? Because the will hasn't been surrendered in 2:26 of Second Timothy. It's been held captive through a lie through an imagination that has not yet been cast down. And the longer it's held on to, in Second Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, becomes a stronghold. And I may smile, but all cannot be hidden. Oh, it's very discernible. Not against, but very discernible. And you don't have discernment without being broken, your will being submitted what is the field that people go into? Christians, when they don't get the word, they let it go by, and it just stinks. What is it? In Matthew thirteen thirty-eight, the field is the world. There are all the imaginations and the lies? The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. And the enemy that sows them is the devil. (laughs) I don't come to hear the word. Do you think for a second, and do I think for a second, the enemy's not going to continue to sow to us lies? This is against me. That's against me. Job didn't cover his wife. He himself wasn't covered. He didn't realize that he was righteous, but he began to make himself self-righteous. And then he began to justify himself. Blame others, but it's condemning God. Justifying himself. He got up and offered sacrifices for his children, but he forgot himself, and in doing so, he forgot his wife. You know what his wife said? And I discerned it too, by the way. In Job two nine, with mocking, sneering, laughing, with looks that are extremely discernible, curse God and die. In Job two verse nine. So discernible, very discernible. By the way, I just want to make it clear: it's never the younger for the older. The older for the younger. Just want to make that crystal clear. Very crystal, 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 crystal clear. Well, it didn't melt. The field is the world. Six days will you gather it. But on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, in it there will be none. Oh, there's going to come a time. Now's the time to gather. Now's the time to come every morning and gather. While we're still in these bodies on this earth, because there's going to come a day when we'll be with him face to face. And then we'll share with him. Is he with us, obviously, first? In Revelations 2 and verse 17, the hidden manna. There it is, the hidden manna that caused that stone to be beautiful and it's reflecting. Young people be careful of pride old people be very very careful of it because you're going to, you have the privilege and I have the privilege for these six days to gather while we're still in our human here in our humanity together but there's going to be the seventh day we're going to be in the light of his presence revelations 5 nine to twelve. Face to face, 1 Corinthians 13, 12. And it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather, and they found none. It's too late. It was too late. In John 12, 35 and 36, a little while is the light with you. Come gather it. No, and I may even come, and I may even be present and yet not submit and not receive. And that's extremely discernible and cannot be hidden. And this is set without accusation and without condemnation. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse you to keep my commandments and my laws, my ways, my word, my will? See, for that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Listen, if honey can't come, if honey refuses to come, then the husband can gather twice and go home and feed her. But if he himself is not fed, don't feed on lies. You get into the book of Hosea and read it. Don't feed on lies. Don't feed on the wind, the prince and power of the air. Don't feed on it. Stop feeding on it. Abide you, every man in his place. Young people, Abide in your place. Yes, I said it. And I say it again, and I say it in love. Never rebuke an elder in your thought life based upon lies. In 1 Timothy 5, 1, don't ever come thinking that you need to come and preach the word to straighten others out. When you yourself are not even straightened. When I myself, I myself am not even straightened out. every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. Works, fleshly interpretation, lies, projections. So the people rested on the seventh day and the house of Israel called the name there of manna. <laughs> manna. And it was like coriander seed white and the taste of it like wafers made with honey. Oh, this is a beautiful picture of the Holy Spirit. Taking the things of Christ and showing us the taste. Oh, in Psalm thirty-four and verse eight. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Get a taste for the Word, not the things of the world. No. Don't be like the dog, who refuses the Word and returns to the vomit. In Proverbs twenty-six eleven. Try twenty-five eleven of Proverbs words fitly spoken words fitly spoken are like apples of gold and pictures of silver very the redemptive gold deity expressed through the humanity of christ who's the very word And Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commanded, filled an armor of it to be kept for your generations that you may see the bread where, wherewith I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. Don't forget. No, the vessel is not the excellency of the power. It's Christ, but it's in the vessel. And don't forget those that God has used to lead you out of your wilderness experience and convince you that somehow they're against you. When it's just needed loving discipline. And we need to pray for those. And we need to be very careful of the counsel that we give others. Because we don't know everything. No, we don't know everything that others might. Well, keep it. The bread whereof I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a pot, put an omer full of manna therein, and lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As As the Lord commanded you, as the Lord commanded Moses, so aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept and the children of israel did eat manna 40 years until they came to a land inhabited they did eat manna until they came into the border of the land of canaan this is a picture of us eating christ feeding on him until we come finally absent from the body in second corinthians 5 8 instantly in his presence instantly into the experience of Revelations 2 and verse 17. They did eat man until they came into the borders of the land of Canaan. Now an Omer is the 10th part of ephah. There's so much in here we don't have time to get into. But I'm just going to read and very and, and close briefly. This is Thursday. I wish it was Monday so we could get into it more. I wish there were two Thursdays at this point. But here we are in John the 6th chapter. John chapter 6. In verse 31, our fathers did eat manna. This is the ph- Pharisees and all the religious fleshly crowd speaking to Christ. Our fathers did eat manna in the de- desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, truly, truly, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father give you, gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which came down from heaven and gives life unto the Lord unto, unto the world. Then say they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am. That's the great I am in Exodus three in verse fourteen. I am, O oh God, in Exodus Exodus three. In verses 11 to 14, God, what is it all about? What am I doing here? What is your plan for me? I have to figure it out. Never left it up to you to figure it out. Never left it up to me to figure it out. You're trying to figure it out because you're in the reducing process so he can increase you. Stop trying to figure it out and just come and receive. Stop it. I am the bread of life. He that comes to me will never hunger and he that believes on me will never thirst. But I said unto you that you have also seen me and you refuse to believe. You refuse to receive it. I'd rather be alone. Time to grow up. <laughs> oh Lord, for all of us. All that the Father gave me will come to me and him that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which have sent me that of all which he's given me I should lose nothing but i will raise it up again the last day and this is the will of him that sent me that every one which sees the son and really receives and believes and submits to him may have experience experience eternal life and i will raise him up the last day the jews then murmured at him because he said i am the bread which came down from heaven they said, is not this Jesus? Who is this? Oh, that guy's this name. Oh, that guy's that name. He's just this guy. He's that guy. But especially our precious Savior. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph? Intense familiarity. Based upon a lie. Based upon projections and things that we cannot hide, by the way can smell him a mile away whose father and mother we know natural familiarity the enemy convincing other believers to know each other natural familiarity separate from the treasure that's in the vessel how is it then that he said i came down from heaven How is it he said he's sharing the words of God when I see him in the natural or her in the natural? Jesus answered and said unto them, murmur not among yourselves. Mm. Especially in your homes, at your workplace. Don't let the means of your conversation be murmurings and not the bread of life. Because that's not fellowship. That's evil. And it's a blame game. And it's speaking evil against the Lord. Because God for you. Then who's to blame to be against you? Could it be that God would even use that? Those that you think are against you to bring you to the end of yourself? Your self-help and your self-hope? No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets and they will all be taught of God. This is Isaiah 54 and verse 13. There's no question about it. It's Jeremiah 31, 34. It's Micah 4, 2 and Hebrews eight ten. It's written. They will all be taught of God Every man, therefore, that has heard, have you heard and submitted, and has learned through submission, not just declaring things, of the Father comes to me, will come. The learned come. Those that refuse it don't come, by the way. And they wonder why their countenance testifies against them, and they cannot hide it. Not that any man has seen the Father, except Je- he which is of God. How do we see him? Through his love. You read First John the fourth chapter. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say unto you, he that believes on me has eternal life. I am the, I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness, and they dead. They're dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, and if a man eat thereof. He will not die. I am, the life-giving bread, the living bread, which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he will live forever. He'll experience his eternal life, that life in First John 5:11 and John 17:2 and 3, which is based upon John 17:4 and 5, to bring out that deep desire of God and His oneness in 17:11, 21, and 22 of John. And the bread which I will give is my body, which is broken. This is, again, communion. Communion. We see that in Matthew, the 26th chapter, and you'll see it in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. Which I will give for the life of the world. And you can read the rest of it. I just want to say this this morning. God is carrying out... His clearing work. He must increase, but I must decrease. The more he increases in me, the less the murmuring, the less the blame game, the less the accusations, the less the lies. The less he's carrying on his work. It is his hand that's doing it. It is his hand. But to experience it calls for lowliness and thankfulness. Thankfulness. Because it's only God who maintains his testimony. You and I don't do that. He does. He does. And we don't take his testimony and think that we need to counsel those that God in his love has placed over us. It's very discernible. That's what it calls for. But you know, when I have proper sense through receiving the word, through, through the humility of his grace, his goodness always humbles me. It always humbles me. What will I exchange What will I not allow to be put out of my life so that I don't experience God's mercy and grace? Thank God that he doesn't stop his work. Thank God he maintains his testimony. He maintains his work. The question would be then, what does that individual want? What's the soul want? Is it to seek Christ who's present? According to the state of that soul, are you hungry and thirsty? Well, Christ is our peace, by the way, in Ephesians 2 and verse 14. He won it in Colossians 1 verse 20 for each of us individually. And we need to look to Him. Notice what I said. Look away from all that distraction, the lies, the projections, the blame game. Look away from all that would distract unto Jesus, and he will lead you. Submit and obey those that Christ has placed over you. They're not to rule over you. They're to guide you. In Hebrews thirteen seventy, for they watch for your soul, that they may do it. Without groaning. And that's not on the individuals that are being taught. It's on the one that does the teaching, by the way. That's how that's brought out in the original. We used to hear the opposite. And the beam seat was made something other than truly what it was. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verses 10 and 11. And that would bring in terror. And that's the way that was taught. That's not the way it is in the original. By the way. So as we close we're to look to him to seal his word through submission and he will and make it good. God is not a man that he should lie believing the blame game. Others are against you. God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should ever change his mind. Don't ever allow the enemy to convince you that I personally have changed my mind about you. Ever. God is not a man that he should lie, nor of a son of man that he should ever change his mind. Has he not said? He said, and will he not do it? Has he not spoken it to you? Will he not bring it to pass? You know, I've been young in my growth, and I've been old, but I have never seen myself or his seed begging for bread. In Psalm 37 and verse 25. Based upon 37 and verse 24. Never. He'll seal his word, make it good. But only you can feed on him for yourself. Someone can't do that. It can be presented to you. Feed on him. And see his unsearchable riches feed on him. Romans 11, 33 to 34. That treasure that's in us, his riches are unsearchable. You'll never come to the end of them. You have that treasure in the vessel. Don't look at one another apart from the treasure that's in the vessel. Don't allow the enemy to change your mind. In 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Because all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, true ones, are hidden in Christ, in the individual. In Colossians 2 and verse 3. Well, as I close this morning, as he was counseling me early, early this morning, he said, be thankful. And the only place that you can be thankful is in his love and experience his love, which is infinite. And he said, write it down, and I did. And that's the experience of being loved by God. That's what thankfulness is. It is being loved by God. And love for each other. Loving each other. And not condemning each other. And being thankful for all things in Ephesians 5:20, and in 1 Thessalonians 5:18, being thankful in all things. And that love that He gives us is that that causes us to cleave to Him with purpose of our of heart, and that purpose is brought out in Ephesians 1:9, 11, 1, 9, and 11. In Romans 8 and verse 28. All things. All things work together for God's divine good. According to his purpose. His purpose. And it causes you and I to cleave to his heart. I want to stop with this. I have four minutes. Three minutes. In Proverbs 13 Verse 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Deferred here in the Hebrew is the word mashak. M-A-S-H-A-K, mashak. And it means to prolong. Oh God, how long? How long? But he prolongs to develop. That's the answer for the delay. So that you have proper desires. And the word desire in the Hebrew is taava. It's a longing, his longing. It is a delight, his delight. It is satisfaction, his satisfaction, his son in you. Because delight yourself in the Lord and when he's brought you to that place, he will give you his desires for your mind and your emotions. And his desires is Mishalah. Mishalah. And it means it's an answer to a request. And it's from that Hebrew word, Sha'el. It means to inquire. And he has to cause us through delays and prolonging to go to seek to him. Not others. To seek to him. And to inquire. And it's used in this sense of praying deeply for something to ask, inquire. And it indicates someone asking for God's direction or counsel. And he's given it to us this morning. And we thank you and praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.